In uh, 1 Corinthians 13, for a few weeks now, we've been talking about, uh, we're on a series that we're calling Love Over Knowledge. And I want to go further with that today. 1 Corinthians 13, we call it the great love chapter, and it is. But half of it is about growing up, which is the same subject because growing up In God, God is love. So growing up in God is growing up in love. It is the same topic, start and finish on this chapter. I won't take time to read it all or I'll I'll want to preach on every verse. But uh, verse 8 says, love never fails. One translation said, it never fades It never becomes obsolete. It never comes to an end. Whether there be prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there be tongues, they'll cease. Whether there be knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part. And we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect or complete is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. So he contrasts in part with perfect. Or we we could say partial with complete. Partial and complete. How do we know right now in this life? Only partially. Well, that means there are a lot of parts you don't know. And just by the sheer volume of ignorance, you're going to maybe jump to some wrong conclusions or have some wrong ideas about certain things just because of what you don't know. Not that you're trying to say or do something wrong. It's just because you only know that much of it. And there's this much of it that you don't know. And this is true with everybody, everywhere, every human that you will deal with. But not God. He really does. He's actually the the first person and the only person you've ever met who actually does know it all. (laughs) And is right about everything that he has said and done. He's the only one, only one that you know like that. And so if we're smart, we'll stay real close with him and we'll ask him about everything. And then whatever he says about it, we'll put that down as the final authority. Right? Well, that's it. He said it. He's right. He knows. So he talks about the part, the partial And the perfect, the part and the complete. Keep reading. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. He's still talking about the very same thing. Phyllis and I, Phyllis has a a niece and a nephew that they came and had a, well, we celebrated with them. But they... uh, just marveling, and she talks to him almost every day or so sometimes about things, just marveling about how much they've learned in a year or two or three. But when you're young and little, you, you don't know. How much do you know? You haven't learned your alphabet? Mm-hmm. Haven't learned how to count? Mm-hmm. Haven't learned that fire's hot? <laughs> Haven't learned you shouldn't play in the street. Is that right? There's just so much that you you don't know. And the big problem is you don't know what you don't know. You're just oblivious and clueless about it. And uh, the, uh, the same thing is true spiritually. When you're born again, you're not an adult. You're a spiritual baby. And as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. And if you'll do that, you start learning more parts and more parts and more parts 
And you get to the place where you can make a whole sentence by yourself. <laughs> spiritual sentence. And you can put a whole spiritual thought together by yourself. And this is supposed to be happening. But the problem is, if you're not fed spiritually, and I'm not talking about people's opinion and politics and social reform. I'm talking about the Word of God. If you're not fed that, and if you don't put it into practice, you won't grow up. And you can be 60 years old in body and be two years old in spirit. This is confusing to a lot of people. And that's why you, you'll see people, you know, they're 65 years old and they're still pitching temper tantrums. And they got no patience and they got no tolerance for anything. And, and they're just they're clueless about, well, just because you, your body developed doesn't mean your spirit did. Which is why you need to read your chapter every day, Monday through Friday, and you need to uh, come to church, and you need to come to good meetings, and, and as important as any of that is when you learn something from the Lord, you need to go home that afternoon and put it into practice. That's one of the biggest things. Go home. And put it into practice. Right? Yeah, right? On the job. At home. At the office. Wherever you may be. Somebody say I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer, I'm a doer. Of the word of God. Go to Romans please. The, uh, the 14th chapter. Romans 14. We saw this. But I want to. Uh, Emphasize just a particular part of it. Romans 14 and 1. It says. He that's weak in the faith. Receive. But not to doubtful disputations. Not to argue and fuss with them. One believes that he may eat all things. Another who is weak eats herbs. And we'll see, we talked about this already, we saw it in 1 Corinthians 8, we saw it in chapter 10, we saw it here, it's in other places. There were some issues in the church, some questions about can you eat these foods that are offered to idols and sacrificed in these temples or, or can you not? And they wrote to him and asked for an answer. And what they want to know is can you do it or can you not do it? And he didn't give them an answer that definite. He talked to them about their conscience. And the Holy Spirit is the one that was saying it. Through him it's recorded for us and for every generation. Somebody said, well, what's that got to do with us? Oh, it's easy. Instead of saying, eat the idol sacrifice or don't eat the idol sacrifice, you can say, get the vaccine or don't get the vaccine. <laughs> Wear the mask or don't wear the mask. Trump only or never Trump. Now, now you're laughing, but um, the church has been damaged. These last, especially with these last four or five years, six years, whatever, it's been damaged through the COVID. And the pandemic and all that stuff. And through politics. There are a lot of people. Who have quit going to churches. Because you know just fear. About COVID and exposure. And now even though you know. The, the limitations restrictions are, are mostly lifted. Across the country. A lot of these folks hadn't come back to church. They've got used to not going to church. And they, they just they hadn't come back. Now our folks, you know, you guys, you're doing pretty good. But uh, I, I was at a big church a while back. And I mean, two-thirds of their people hadn't come back yet. And it's, it's been, what, now it's been a couple of years now, I mean, some of this. And so some of it, depending on where you are. But, and then the politics thing. People are so animated about... What's going on? And I get it. But you need to be a Christian before you're anything else. That's right. That's right. 
Because soon and very soon, Republican, Democrat, independence not even going to exist anymore. In fact, there won't even be a USA anymore. There won't be any other countries anymore. Pretty soon, there's only going to be God and his kingdom and the other bunch with the enemy. So, the reason why we're talking about this is because this answers so many questions. And the answer is, follow your conscience. Don't violate your conscience. And don't try to be somebody else's conscience. This is a big one. Don't try to be someone else's conscience. You're not qualified. Keep reading. He says, verse 3, let not him that eats despise him that eats not. And let not him that eats not judge him that eats. For God has received him. Boy, this is, every one of these words is big, but there are two big things he tells us not to do. Don't despise and don't judge. Can you see that? Despising is looking down on somebody. Looking down on somebody. Judging is deciding that somebody's guilty of something. If you're judging somebody, you're acting like you're a judge. Now that's that's simple, but it's enlightening. Are you the judge? Then what business have you got judging? Be just like you, you know, going downtown, setting you up a little desk and thing and putting judge so-and-so on the front of it. And uh, you're going to try cases and, and do this. Somebody said, you ever go to law school? No. What makes you a judge? Anybody recognize you as a judge, right? No, I just decided to be a judge today. Help your neighbor out. Look at them and say, you are not the judge. (laughs) Now do this. Turn turn the finger right toward yourself. (laughs) And say, I am not the judge. There is a judge. And I'm not it. (laughs) There is a judge. And I'm not it. Now we're laughing, but do you know how much judging is going on in the body of Christ? I mean, it's just, it's just everywhere. How much despising is going on? See, the things that we just brought up, mask or no mask. Reckon how many, how many folks that thought they had a lot of faith, a lot of them didn't make it through the pandemic without getting sick either. And yet they despised somebody that wanted to wear a mask. Well, if you'd have had more faith, you'd have, yeah, and if you'd have had more faith, you'd have never had any symptoms. <laughs> and if all of us had more faith, we'd all be in a different place in life. <laughs> but I've come short some. You've come short some. How, how do I know what I need to do right now today? Well, God knows where my faith is. Is that right? So he's going to lead me in line with where my faith is right now today. And how do you know? You don't know. Every body, physical body, is different. Every immune system is different. Every setting is different. Every situation is different. And you just need to listen to what the Lord prompts you to do. He might deal with you to do something that one time in this one place and then not in another. But uh, you don't need to look at what everybody else is doing for you to do. You don't need to listen to what other people tell you what to do. You need to pay attention to the inside. Because the one who really does know all about it lives inside you. Does he? And he knows not only the situation and circumstances, he knows your circumstances. He knows what's going on with your blood and your heart and your immune system and your nervous system. He knows where your mind's at, where your faith is, where it is right now. 
And the only way to get these things right is to be led by his spirit every day and every night. And if in all your ways you will acknowledge him, he will direct your paths. And you'll wind up at the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. You'll be spared, you'll be kept, you'll be provided, you'll be healed. But how could you possibly know that about another human being? Everything about all their particulars and their details and their insides and their faith and where they are. All, every one of us is at a different level every day. Doing better, not as good, stronger in this, not as strong in that. And for me to act like I can judge you, who you are, where you are, your revelation level, your faith level, condition of your body and your soul and your mind, how presumptuous is that? Who do I think I am? Right? Help me out. I'm not the judge. There is a judge. The Lord is the judge. And he's qualified to be the judge because he does know all those things. I'm not qualified. You're not qualified. Because we don't know. <laughs> Keep going. He said, uh, verse 4, Who are you that judges another man's servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Yea, he will be holding up for the Lord is able to make him stand. Now he's talking about somebody who is weak in the faith. Weak in the faith. And he is saying don't despise him. Don't judge him. God has already accepted him. And he is able to make him stand. Hallelujah. And wherever they need to get from where they are now to where they need to be. He can get them there. Hallelujah. And you don't want to do anything to discourage them or hinder them. You just want to help. And if what you're thinking is not going to help, then you need to be quiet. Because they're not your servant. They're not your servant. They're his servant. He said, verse 10, why do you judge your brother or why do you set it not your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. There is a judge. And there's coming a judgment seat of Christ. Now this is something we hadn't talked a whole lot about in, in our church circles. But you know, in studying it recently, man, it's a lot of it in the word. There's so much about the day of the Lord, the day of judgment, the day of vengeance. And many times where it says the day of the Lord, it's talking about the day of the Lord's vengeance, judging. And as you learn more about it, the New Testament says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of of the living God and is talking about judgment to come. And the scripture says that many evildoers, they continue to do evil because judgment is not executed speedily. People think because they, they think they've been getting away with something for 50 years. Honey, it ain't over. <laughs> Even when this life is over, it ain't over. And the Bible said the Lord is reserving. Somebody said, how does the Lord put up with all this stuff? It ain't over. All of the evil, all of the cruelty, all of the lying, all of the blasphemy, all of the junk. He is going to deal with it. I said he's going, the Bible said he's going to deal with it. And he's going to, the people that refuse to repent refuse to believe and have sided in with his enemies and will never repent, they are going to experience the full brunt of his fury. And man, that's something you don't want to be anywhere around. It's coming. 
He has provided salvation for everybody that will receive it. And the sad thing is, millions are not receiving it. They are rejecting it. And people say, well, you know, why does God put up with this? See, you got to remember, he is ancient beyond our comprehension at this point. What do you mean? A thousand years with him is like a day is to us. A millennium. Do you remember Saturday? Yesterday I'm talking about. If not, let's pray for you. Let's <laughs> reach your hands out to him. You know what I'm talking about? Yesterday. Yesterday, how that seems to you, that's how the last thousand years seems to the Father. A millennia is like that to him. We have no idea how many millennia he has seen and known. And so when he says something going to happen soon, <laughs> if it happens within the week, that could be 6,500 years. And it do us well to remind ourselves often we're the newbies. We're the ones just got here. <laughs> just finding out what's going on. <laughs> and if he says he will take care of it, he will take care of it. It's coming. Have you read the back of the book? Revelation describes in detail how some of these things are going to unfold. And there's coming a time when there won't be one atheist in existence. There won't be one agnostic. There won't be. be impossible. They will see it. They will know it. But for many it will be too late. And that's sad. Isn't it? But today. While it's called today. Hallelujah. Scripture said don't harden your heart. But today, you and I are living in the time of opportunity. In the time when you can get saved and miss hell and totally miss any judgment to come. Oh, hallelujah. Anybody you know, any of your loved ones, your friends, your family, your co-workers, if there's breath, there's hope. There's still opportunity. There's still time. Hallelujah. And you can still avoid this awful judgment that is coming at the end of all these things. Now, one reason I talk about this is because he, he says here that uh, we'll all stand before the judgment seat of Christ as it is written, as I live, said the Lord, every knee will bow to me, every tongue will confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. We ought to remind ourselves of this every day. Not to be in fear, but just to remind yourself, I need to use everything the Lord has given me. I need to not procrastinate and just keep putting things off. This thing is coming to an end. My life is coming to an end quickly. And this whole thing is being wrapped up quickly. And he goes on to say, Let us therefore not judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. He's saying all this to say to you, judgment is coming. If you don't know God, you're going to be destroyed and judged. Even if you do know God, you're going to be saved, but you're still going to have to give an account of what you've done with what he gave you. And when this is real to you, you're not interested in judging other people. You you realize it's a full-time job. (laughs) Me taking care of myself, is that right? Endeavoring to see to it that I am able to stand and answer well for what I have done and knowing that I'm not going to be judged because of my faith in Jesus. It comes back to what you're counting on to be saved. You can't be counting on your church to save you. 
Church saves nobody. You can't be counting on a membership. You can't be counting on maybe I've been good enough. I can answer that question for you immediately. You have not been good enough. I don't care who you are, how much you've done. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You need a Savior. I said you need a Savior. That's why Jesus had to come. You must not be counting on anything else except what Jesus has done for you to save you. How many believe you're saved? You're going to heaven. When you breathe your last, you're not going to experience the judgment on the ungodly. What are you counting on? What are you counting on for that? What are you counting on? Only, only on what Jesus has done for me. He did it. You received it. That's what you did. That's what I did. We believed it and we received it. And we confessed Jesus as our Lord. But we're counting on what he did. That's why I can sleep good at night. That's why when I breathe my last, I'm going to be confident that I'm in good shape. Why? I'm not counting on what I've done. I'm counting on what he did. And I I have received him. Somebody said out loud, Jesus Jesus is my Savior. Savior. Jesus, Jesus, I confess you you as the Lord of my life. And I receive everything you've done for me. And I'm counting on what you did. For my eternal salvation. My full trust. Is in you. That's the only way you're safe. Counting on anything else. Is not safe. Not sure. Go with me, if you would, to the the twelfth chapter of Romans. You're you're there. And in the twelfth chapter, now he had said in this, don't despise and don't judge. Do you want to act on that? Do you want to do what he told you to do on that? Say it out loud, then pray this prayer. Say, Father God, open my eyes, my ears, my heart. My mind, help me to realize it. Be aware of it. If I start to despise somebody, or if I start to judge somebody, make me aware of it. I'll stop. I'll repent. In Jesus' name. Despising and judging. Now, one of the things that he says here in the 12th chapter, he said, Verse 16, be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Verse 17, recompense to no man evil for evil. Do you notice he didn't say try to do any of this. He just says do it or don't do it. You know. Don't recompense to anybody evil for evil. What does that mean? They did you bad. Don't you return the favor, so to speak. Don't don't you. (laughs) Now, what we're getting into now, almost everybody agrees to it in church. (laughs) But uh, when it comes time, I used to do sport fighting. Before there was MMA, there was just uh, martial arts. And uh, my dad put me in a school of martial arts, Japanese style, when I was 10 years old. And so all through my teenage years, I thought that's what I was going to do instead of preach to you. I thought I was going to be a fighter. Thank God, because by now I'd be an old man. I'd be... (laughs) I'd be beat up. Even if you win, you get hurt, you know. And, um, you know, all your joints and your, whew. Uh, Anyway, God had another plan for me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. But uh, have you ever been hit really hard in the face? In the mouth? Something just goes all over you. (laughs) I mean, you get hit hard in the mouth, in the face. You can't see. 
Your eyes fill with water you can't see. You're disoriented. And yet there is such clarity. There is a single mindedness. That comes up in you. Can anybody guess what, what is it? What is it? Hit them back harder. Hit them back harder. Payback. Payback. They did you bad. So what? You going to do them bad. What does the Bible tell us about that? You ever been tempted to do it? Don't raise your hand, just <laughs> you can nod knowingly. Uh, keep reading. <laughs> he said, uh, if it be possible, it's not always possible. As much as lies in you, live peaceably with all men. In other words, if it was up to you, you'd get along with everybody. How can that be? Because you don't say everything you think. And you don't think it's your job to straighten out everybody. And you don't try to be other people's conscience. And you let your, I'm quoting now, let your sweet reasonableness be known to all men. And you're kind and tenderhearted. And you don't hold grudges. And you forgive. You see what we're talking about? You've got to be a different kind of person to get along with almost everybody. He said, if, if it's possible, what is that? Because some people, they're going to hate you no matter what you do. <laughs> you can't control that. But what he's saying, if it was up to you, you'd get along with everybody. And, and keep reading. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves. Now this is quoting the scripture in Deuteronomy and Leviticus. This goes back, way back, because God commanded this. He said, do not avenge yourself. Everybody said out loud, don't avenge yourself. Say it again. I'm going to read this from Deuteronomy. Don't turn there. Hold your place right where you are. Deuteronomy 32, 35 is when one of the first times the Lord revealed this. He said, to me belongs vengeance and recompense. Do you know what recompense is? Payback. Payback. To me belongs vengeance and payback. And... Uh, Verse 41, he said, verse 40, he said, I lift up my hand to heaven. I say, I live forever. If I whet my sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to my enemies and will reward those that hate me. Rejoice, O you nations, with his people. He will avenge the blood of his servants and render vengeance to his adversaries and be merciful to his land and to his people. Leviticus 19 says this, instructing again his people. We're his people today. It said, uh, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. Leviticus 19, 17. Verse 18, you shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of your people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's where that came from. I am the Lord. I'm going to read that again. Verse 18, Leviticus 19, 18. You shall not, somebody say you shall not, avenge or bear any grudge. What else do you do? You'll love your neighbor. Now, now here's the thing many have not understood. That's not based on how you feel about them. Love is an action. You can feel mad. You can feel hurt and upset and still love somebody as an act. And one of the ways that will help you to do this is to realize God takes care of things. He said, why, why did he say, don't you do it? He said, that's mine. 
That's vengeance is mine. And payback is mine. And there are so many reasons why we should not do it. The most simple one is, he said don't do it. Right? If he said don't do it, you're going to be wrong. If you do it. That's easy to sit up in church. And go, amen, Brother Keith. Yeah. That's oh, that's right. Show right, show right. <laughs> but like I said, if somebody really hurts you, and worse, somebody hurts your loved ones, your flesh is going to really want to straighten this out. I saw a t-shirt the other day. I thought that's interesting. It said, I'm going to let God fix this. Because if I fix it, I'm going to jail. (laughs) And we're laughing, but man, I I wish it wasn't so. But there's all kind of people sitting on church seats and pews that have a scheme and a plan against people. They're going to get them. They're going to pay them back. They're going to make them pay. And one of the reasons why you should not do that is because you're going to get it wrong. What do you mean? Well, see, here you've made yourself the judge. And if you're going to mete out vengeance, you've also made yourself the executioner. As they say, judge, jury, and executioner. You have decided to take on yourself. You have analyzed their case and you decided they are guilty. Jury? Who needs a jury? Guilty. What's it time for now? Punishment. Who's going to punish them? I am. You the judge and you the executioner. And man, who do you think you are? You're going to get it wrong. What if they're not half as, as guilty as you think they are? What if they're not guilty at all? What if they did something stupid, but they weren't even aware of it? They didn't really know. What did Jesus say to the people that nailed him to the cross? What did he say? I'm going to get you back. <laughs> what did he say? What did he say? Now let's, let's analyze this. Why say, Father, forgive them? Because what they have done is really serious. And without mercy, they're in trouble. Is that right? They got judgment coming. And, you know, the Lord said, don't hold this sin against their charge. You know, forgive them. Stephen said that when they stoned him. What is that? That shows some maturity. If we really understood what's coming in the future and how terrifying the, the flaming, the Bible said God's going to take vengeance on his enemies in flaming fire. Now, he's the one that created the sun. I think we're talking plasma like lightning that's hotter than the surface of the sun. And, and what has happened, God, you talking about somebody that's in control of his emotions and feelings? He's been putting up with stuff for how long? <laughs> but he hadn't forgot all of it. And people that won't repent, it's his job to judge it. And all of this anger and this indignation has been building up against the ungodly and the devil and his crowd for millennia. And he's going to unleash it at the end. You're going to be so glad that you're standing behind Jesus' coattail. Is that you're going to be? Oh, oh, you and I are going to be so glad that we are on the right side of this. Because I, I mean the very elements of the earth are going to melt with fervent heat. I mean, this whole, he's going to have to create a new heaven 
and a new earth. Because sin, he, he is so fed up with the sin and the curse that's in all this stuff. He's not even going to try to fix all this. It's going away. He's starting over with us. And the devil and all the fallen angels and all the millions that chose the devil and rejected God and blasphemed him and all of this stuff, they will all be cast into the lake of fire. Now, if you don't believe that, you just don't believe the Bible. You can believe whatever you want, but when it happens, we're going to find out. Right? Theory is going to be out the window when it starts happening. But we've got to make it through this life first. And what's one thing he told us not to do? Come on, help me out. Help me out. Don't despise. Don't judge. And don't pay back. Don't take vengeance. Now here's where you've got to watch about uh, feeding on too much news. And getting worked up at political rallies. Because what? We're going to fix them? We're going to get them? We're going to make them pay? <laughs> I lost somebody right there. Yeah, we're going to make them pay. <laughs> Are you now? Are you? What about what the Lord said? What about what he said? <laughs> uh-huh. What do you need to do? You need to pray. You need to be led. You need to vote. Y'all with me? You need to do what you know is right. You don't need to judge unless you want to be judged. And you don't want to get into this thing. We're going to make people pay because you are ignoring what the Lord told you. You're acting like you're qualified to be judge, jury, and executioner when you are not. You're not. You've gotten mercy instead of judgment. I've gotten mercy instead of judgment. What should we do? Sow mercy like we got mercy. Is that right? Do you want to see people judged? Not if you have any idea what it's going to be like. No. You don't want to see your worst enemy terrified in front of the awesome power of God. You say you do, but you you don't want to see that. It's not in our control. But that's why Jesus would say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's why Steve would, would say, Lord, don't lay this sin to their charge. In other words, they got enough problems without being responsible for this. Right? And, and if you know God at all and know what he's like, that's the reason Jesus came. He didn't want anybody judged. He's not willing that any should perish. But it's not his choice whether you receive him or whether you reject him. Keep reading this. Well, I tell you, before we, uh, we do that, let me just hold your place. Are you still in Romans 12? Hold your place in Romans 12. Nahum, the first chapter, let me read this to you because it describes some of what we're talking about. Nahum 1 It says, Nahum 1, verse 2, God is jealous and God revenges. The Lord revenges and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. I asked the Lord one time, seeing a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, I said, Lord, how do you tolerate this? I mean, your love, what love I have, I got it from you. You are love. I know you don't like this stuff. And and this is what he said to me not long after. He said, it's very brief. It's not the answer I expected. It's very brief. What does that mean? He's going to deal with all this soon. He's going to sort it out. It's very brief. All this will soon be over. That's how he tolerates it. He's patient. Keep reading. The Lord is slow to anger 
and great in power, but will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind, in the storm, in the clouds of the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up the rivers. The mountains quake at him. The hills melt. The earth is burned at his presence. Well, he made the sun. He made the sun and all the stars. It's no wonder. If his temper flares, planets melt. That's not an exaggeration. At his presence, they melt. Somebody say, thank God for Jesus. Thank God, thank God for Jesus. Except for him, we'd all be lost. Yea, the world and all that dwell in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good and a stronghold in the day of trouble and he knows them that trust in him. Somebody raise a hand and say, that's me, that's that's me. That's me. Verse 8, but with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof and darkness shall pursue his enemies. Back to Romans. In closing, I think. Why are we saying all this? Don't despise. And what else? Don't judge. And what else? No taking vengeance. No payback. I'm going to get you back. I'm going to pay you back because, man, you have done got out of your place. When you start talking about I'm going to pay him back. Keep reading. In Romans 12. Recompense to no man evil for evil. 12, 17. Verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. When you get really upset about something or you get really hurt about something and you're really mad at somebody and you're really tempted to try to make them pay, here's what you say. Lord, I'm going to let you take care of that. <laughs> that is not mine. It's not mine to judge them. It's not mine to find them guilty. It's certainly not my place to punish them. I'm not qualified. You are. Give place to his wrath. What does that mean? Get out of his way. Don't get in his way. Leave it to him. Say it out loud again. Vengeance is not mine. I'm not the judge. I'm not the punisher. It's not for me to repay. He goes on to say, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy hunger, do what? Say what? That sorry rascal, do you know what he did to me? You're not feeding him because you feel wonderful towards him. You're feeding him because your Lord told you to. Right? And of course, our hope is that this guy will repent before it's too late. Or that this woman will repent. That's our hope. But in doing so, you'll heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil. But overcome evil with good. The message Bible says don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging says God. I'll take care of it. Somebody say he'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. He alone in Hebrews 10.30. I alone have the right to take vengeance. I'll pay back. He is the one. Don't get caught up. In the ungodly world around you. Even in well-meaning people. People that are on a crusade. To right wrongs. I get it. You want to stand up for what's right. But don't cross that line. Of judging. And you're going to make people pay. Or you're going to try to punish somebody. That's acting like the judge. 
And one of the big reasons you don't want to sow all that. Because you don't want to be around come harvest time. <laughs> is that right? When you have sown all of that stuff. What is that the Lord told you years ago? This is a number of years ago. We were talking about some of these things. About judging. And Phyllis said the Lord spoke to her during, during one of those sometime. And said uh, if you judge. And you don't repent over it. Put it on your calendar. You being judged, it's coming. Isn't that what the scripture said? Judge not, lest, lest you be judged. Now the good news is, even if you've judged, repent. Repent. Say, God, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have done it. I shouldn't have thought it. I'm not to judge. Forgive me. I'm leaving now all that up to you. You're the judge. And then you don't have to get. If you will judge yourself. Right. What did you say? You won't be judged. Good news. Good news. And besides that. You'll be so much happier. Is that right? Instead of going around. Glaring at everybody. Making your little dastardly plans. Eavesdropping. And spying and looking. And that ain't no way to live. I said, that's no way to live. Life is too short. If they already did something to you, that's history now. Don't let it mess up the rest of your life. Right? Forgive them whether they want you to or not. Forgive them. They can't keep you from loving them. Do it by faith. Say, God, the rest is in your hands and enjoy your salvation. And have some joy and have some peace. Don't live in the past. Look forward to what's coming to you from him. Can you say amen? Amen. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.